What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Kingdom Life Podcast, and this is your host, Jason Villanueva, and I'm here with episode three that we're calling A Glorious Destiny in Christ. We'll start with our oh snap statement of the podcast comes from C.S. Lewis, and he says, there are only two kinds of people, those who say to God, thy will be done, and those to whom God says, all right then, have it your way. C.S. Lewis, he's a good one. Probably more quotes coming from him. Three things right up front. Number one, we want to remind you to join our Facebook group, and you can find the link to that group in our show notes, or you can go to facebook.com and search for Kingdom Life Podcast Group. We would really love to get some online community happening there. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Search Kingdom Life Podcast, and don't forget to rate and review on iTunes if that's the way that you're listening. Be sure and check out KingdomLifePodcast.com where you can sign up for emails and be sure and head over to the Contact Us page so that you can send us an email. Let us know where you're listening, who you are, and what you like about the podcast, and we'll start reading some reviews and some emails as listeners begin to send those in right here on the podcast. So you might hear a shout out to you. And number three, don't forget to download the worksheet with scriptures and notes that go along with this episode called The Glorious Destiny in Christ. All right, so diving right in, our opening statement for today's podcast is this. Citizenship in the kingdom of God promises a glorious destiny in Christ as we are being conformed into the image of the Son. So we're going to focus here on this scripture in Romans chapter 8, verse 28 through 30. And we all know Romans 8, 28 is one of my favorite scriptures, but 29 and and 30 are just really good. So if you keep uh, keep reading and don't just stop on that bumper sticker verse, we find a little bit more going on here in this chapter. So it says this, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. So this is a beautiful promise here in Romans chapter 8, and verse 29. For those whom God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Predestined. Our destiny in God as his children is to be conformed into the image of his son. So, therefore, no matter what happens, no matter where we go, what we do, I'm not saying we can just go and sin and whatever, blah, blah, blah. Don't hear me in saying that. But our destiny in Christ is to be conformed into the image of his son. Now, let me tell you, there's been times where I've moved into a time of prayer and I've said, all right, God, I'm... I know that I haven't done this. I know that I haven't done that. And I begin to list off my qualifications or I, or my disqualifications, right? We, we present that to God and, you know, we try and get rid of the guilt and the shame as we're approaching the father. And, and I just remember one day hitting my knees and, and saying to, to God, okay, scripture tells me that I'm going to be conformed to the image of your son. And so my my destiny, my glorious destiny in Christ Jesus is to look exactly like him, to be like him, to be sinless, right? So 
Let me consider all the things that I'm struggling with at this point in time, right now, in this moment. How am I struggling? What's going on with me? And let me not see myself through that lens, but let me look at all those things in comparison to my destiny to be conformed into the image of the Son of God. So as we're a part of this kingdom, we're a citizen of the kingdom of God, which means we're his children. And if we're his children, well, then our destiny is to be conformed to the image of his son. So all of the things that we see right now that are wrong with us, quote unquote, all of our flaws, everything that's wrong, the sin that so easily entangles us that we've not been able to shed just yet. We're trying. We hate our sin. We're working on it. But for some reason, it just seems like it's not going away. I, I go to God and I just say, okay, look, regardless of what I see right now, I know that my destiny is to be conformed into your likeness. So that's a beautiful thing. The word image here to be conformed into the image of his son. This word image actually means uh, icon. It's, it's the Greek word icon. And that's where we get the, uh, the English word icon, you know, kind of like a symbol. It's symbolic. An icon is symbolic. Uh, logos are, are icons. They they mean um, they have meaning to them. They have depth to them, and so it says properly mirror like representation. So to be an icon, an image of God, we are a mirror like representation. And it says also referring to what is very close in resemblance, like a high definition projection. And then it says this that it exactly reflects its source, what it directly corresponds to. So Christ is the very image of the Godhead, and we are being conformed into the image of the Son, which therefore also means that we will be an image of God. We were made in God's image. We are to exactly reflect our source. We exactly reflect our source. Now, if you consider some of the earlier episodes that we've done, we actually talk a lot about sourcing from heaven, sourcing from the kingdom of God, sourcing from Christ. And so if in, in, in our daily lives, we are sourcing from Christ, well, then we should begin to exactly reflect that source, which means we are an image of God. We're an image of Christ. And so we know that every single day, every single hour, every single minute, every single second, God, his work in us is bringing us into the likeness of the image of God. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So that he who began a good work, that he is God. And that good work is bringing you into an exact representation of the Son, the exact image of Christ Jesus. And it will be brought unto completion. And it says he will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus. There's another scripture that says when we see him, we'll be like him. Right. So here's the deal. Look at yourself. And I know that you've probably considered all of your flaws and your shortcomings. You've been like Moses and you've given God just a big, huge list of all of the reasons that you're not worthy to do his work. You've found yourself in situations before where you've gone to pray or you've stepped out. You knew you were going to do some sort of ministry and you begin to bring all of these things to God and you begin to 
essentially apologize, but you come with guilt and shame and you cower before the throne of God as though with your head down, knowing that you've done something wrong and you're trying to move into the presence of God and you're saying, I know God, I haven't prayed. I know I haven't read my Bible. I know I looked at that stuff. I wasn't supposed to, I know that I treated my kid poorly. I know that I did my wife wrong. I, and you begin to go into the throne of uh, the throne room of God and you're bringing all this junk and you're saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And you're trying to qualify yourself or in essence, you're disqualifying yourself from being accepted into the presence of God, except scripture tells us that we can boldly approach the throne of God. He'll give us mercy and grace in our time of need. And so we can go boldly in Christ Jesus, knowing that when we're in him, we are being transformed into his likeness, and, and God is doing a work in us. Let me let me tell you that I've done this before where I've moved into a time of prayer, and I'm seeking the presence of God, and I'm apologizing for all these things. And look, it's good to confess sin. It's good to repent. But I'm talking about this continual nature of shame and guilt that we live in on a day-to-day basis. And then when we try and, and connect with the Father— we have all this guilt and shame that's in front of us. And so we're presenting that and we're approaching the throne through that lens. And I remember doing that one time and, and I heard the Lord very clear on this. And and it was kind of as though he, he didn't yell at me, <laughs> but with some authority in his voice, he said, am I not changing you? And I thought to myself, gosh, he's right. Is he not changing me? Is there not a process of sanctification happening in my life right now, every moment, day by day, is he not changing me? Is he not doing a good work in me that he will carry on to completion? In the kingdom of God, our citizenship promises us promises us a glorious destiny in Christ as we are being conformed into the image of the Son, Christ. And it will be brought unto completion. There will come a day where we will be complete in Christ. And so here are a couple things that I want to say to you. We must recognize that the sin, the struggles, and the temptations that we face are common to man. You are not the only person going through the things you're going through, and you're not the only person who's struggling with the things you're struggling with, being tempted by the things you're you're tempted by, and falling to the sin you're falling to. All of that is common to man, number one. Number two, we must recognize that if we're in Christ, we are all going through the process, and it's the same process, and the outcome of that process is the same for all of us. And so here's what we need to do. One, we need to partner with God in this process in our own lives. And number two, we need to partner with God in this process in the lives of others. So how much grace do you give yourself on a daily basis? Because you know that your actions don't always reflect your intentions or your heart. Right? We judge ourselves by our intentions and we judge others by their actions. So we look at those actions and we're just like, oh man, you know, actions speak louder than words. 
But then we look at our heart, and when our actions don't line up with our heart, we expect grace. How much grace do you give yourself, and how much grace do you give others? It should be the same amount of grace. Love others as you love yourself. It's not difficult for us to love ourselves because we show ourselves more love, more grace, and more mercy, and more patience, and more kindness, typically, than we show anybody else. Because we know the grace that we want and need, and we know the love that we need because we were ourselves. We see our hearts. We know our hearts. So we give ourselves grace and love accordingly. But then when we consider others, how much do we actually give? And so that's why I'm saying we partner with God in this process in our own lives, and we partner in God with this process in the lives of others. Number one, if you can wreck, I'm doing a lot of counting today to two. Number one, if you can recognize the process of sanctification being made into the likeness of God in your own life, and you know that that process is happening, knowing number one, that the person you are right now is not the person that you will be in the end when you're conformed into the likeness of God. We are being continually changed, continually sanctified. I heard another guy put it this way. He said, we're all changing, which means that we're all wrong. Every single one of us have something wrong. Not every sing, not any one of us is 100% right 100% of the time. And so we partner with God in this process in our lives. We submit and we say, yes, God, change me. You are changing me. Conform me into the likeness of your son. And we submit ourselves over to that process with God. And number two, we partner with God in the process in the lives of others, saying that I see it happening in me. So I have to know that it's happening in the lives of my brothers and sisters around me. The same process I'm going through is the same process everybody else is going through, if indeed they're in Christ. Ephesians 5.25, this is a very famous chapter, uh, Ephesians 5 for weddings, very famous scripture here for weddings, and I preach it when I, or I teach it when I, officiate weddings. It says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her, the bride, us to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but wholly set apart and blameless. So Christ is loving the church in such a way that he is sacrificing. He is existing in such a way that there is a continual sacrificial love that is wooing us and beckoning us and being kind and patient and merciful and and gracious. Christ is loving us, his bride, the church, with this sacrificial love in order that We're made holy in order that we're cleansed in order that we're washed with the water through the word so that we'd be presented to him as a radiant church without stain, with spotless, without wrinkle, without blemish, sinless. So the sin we may struggle with now, the faults we may have now, the problems, the issues personally that we have with our sin, our flesh, our struggles, those things will be washed and cleansed. And they will be set apart from us so that we are set apart and set apart to him for his glory. And we're going to be holy and blameless. So your destiny in Christ 
is being holy and blameless. And let me just tell you that right now you are seated in the heavenly realms with Christ Jesus. You are seated in him in the heavenly realms. You're there. Your seat is with Christ. And so our spirit and our spirit, we're perfect. We're perfectly united with Christ in spirit. It's this darn soul and this darn flesh that we're trying to get to come into alignment with what is our true reality in Christ right now. And that's okay. That's okay. This is that process. The being transformed by the renewing of our mind, the the offering ourselves as living sacrifices, the putting away of all that is fleshly and embracing all that is Christ. And so how does Christ love the church by giving himself up for her? It's a sacrificial existence to make us holy, to wash us through the water of the word, not only written, but spoken and to present us. And so if we're going to partner with this process in our own lives, how do we partner with it in the lives of others? How do we love the church? How do we love the people, those around us, not just our brides, but our brothers and sisters in Christ? We give ourselves up. We die to self. Jesus says, if anyone would take up, if anyone would follow after me, be my disciple, he must take up his cross daily, dying to self and follow me. So we die to self. Again, we talked about this. And so we give ourselves up. We give up our right to be offended and we give up our right to be right. Have you given up your right to be right? Well, I'm right and they're wrong. And so they should, whatever. What do we expect of people? What is our expectation? That they just recognize that they're they're wrong and we're right? Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 6. Again, another famous marriage chapter scripture here. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. Dying to self, dying to self, dying to self. It is not easily angered. It's not temperamental. And here's the kicker. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love keeps no record of wrong. So if love keeps no record of wrong, why is it then are we always trying to be right? Well, I'm right and you're wrong, so you need to stop what you're doing and do it the way that I do it. Or you just, you need to apologize or you need to this, you need to this law, 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 law. Isn't that what law is? You need to live up to to this expectation and this standard in order to be worthy of my love. In order, in order for me to have patience and kindness towards you, I, you need to live up to this expectation. Well, you agged me on. You're the one that made me mad. You're the one that said this. You're the one that said that. Okay. Think about all the stuff that we've done that Christ has been right and we've been wrong. If that were the situation, if if that were the prerequisite for Christ's death on the cross, he wouldn't have died on the cross. Right? If if him being right and us being wrong, if that were the, the standard, well, of course he's right. And of course we're wrong. Do we have to be right? Right. Should we have had to have been perfectly sinless in order for him to die for us on the cross? Well, no, 
Certainly not. And so just consider that and go so much deeper into that. Think about giving up your right to be offended and give up your right to be right. But think about all this through that lens that we know beyond the shadow of a doubt, for sure, for sure, for sure, your destiny in Christ Jesus is to be conformed into the likeness of the Father, uh, Jesus through the power of the Father in us, right? The Holy Spirit doing his work to transform us. So the person that you see in front of you that you're offended by, that is wrong in this way or the other, and you're trying to be right, think about that person in front of you and understand and begin to see that person through the same lens that you see yourself that they are enduring the process just as you are. And the same kind of grace and the same amount of grace, the same kind of love, unconditional, and the same amount of grace, infinite, that's being poured out into your life to bring you into the likeness of Jesus unto completion is the same process that person's going through. We have to shift the way we're seeing things if we're going to live in the kingdom of God on a daily basis. We have to begin to see others, not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit, right? So how are you loving people in their process? How are you loving yourself in your process? Are you showing yourself grace? Are you believing 100% by faith in Christ, through Christ, that you're being made holy and sanctified? Or do you just think that the way you are right now is the way that you will always be? No, you have a glorious destiny in Christ Jesus. So are you loving people in their process? How are you doing it? Are you impatient, unkind, envious, boastful, proud, dishonoring, self-seeking, easily angered, keeping record of wrongs, holding grudges, delighting in evil, untrusting, lacking hope, and giving up on people? I would certainly hope not the standard is in 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. And let me just tell you that this is not something that you can will forth on your own. We can only love with the love that we've been given, and we can only give grace through the grace that we've been given. So consider what you've been given and know that you can freely give that to others and that Christ in you wants to do that. Love allows for empathy. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 through 16 says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Jesus walked the face of the earth. He's our great high priest, which means he sits at the right hand of the Father, and he is interceding on our behalf. The high priest, once a year, on the Day of Atonement, would enter into the Holy of Holies. He would go through the entire temple process, starting in the outer court and inner court and then the Holy of Holies. He would enter through the veil into the place where the Ark of the Covenant was, and God's presence came and rested on the mercy seat there in that room. And he would pray and minister to God with God on behalf of the Israelites for that year and their sins would be forgiven. So the high priest's job was to enter into the presence of the father and plead by the blood of a sacrifice to God for the forgiveness of sins for the people. Jesus is now our high priest and by his own blood, he's entered into the presence of God he is now there seated at his right hand. And scripture tells us that he intercedes on our behalf day and night. And so 
Jesus is not unable to empathize with our weakness, which means he sees our weakness and he has empathy for us. Sympathy is just, oh, I'm sorry for you. Empathy means I feel it and I know it and I understand it and I get it. Because Jesus was tempted in every way that we are, but he did not sin. But he knows the pressure and the weight of our temptations and our sinful nature. He felt that. It's not as if it didn't exist on him. He just overcame it because he's the perfect son of God. Fully holy, fully obedient, fully sinless. And so we can approach God's throne of grace with confidence. So I can go to the throne of grace and I can say, Father in heaven, here I am before you. And I thank you that I can enter in to your presence by the blood of the lamb. And I know Jesus, thank you that you're there interceding on my behalf. And I come and I know that I've sinned. I know that I have this continual struggle, but I know also Jesus that you empathize with this temptation because you experienced it and you did not sin. And here I am and I experienced it and I do sin. May I have grace in my time of need? Absolutely. Let it be known that God's judgment is grace for you. God's judgment is grace for you. God's judgment is mercy for you under the blood of Christ, entering in under that which Christ has already done for us. We come in and we find grace in that time of need. And so you know, I asked the question, if we can approach God with confidence and receive mercy and grace in our time of need, can others approach you with confidence that they'll receive the same grace and mercy that you've received from God? How do we love others? How do we, how do we move throughout our day interacting with others in this kingdom of God? We empathize with weakness. We empathize with weakness. We know that others are weak. Others are flawed. We know that we're weak. We know that we're flawed. What did we learn last time? Weakness is a prerequisite for strength. Right? And so we can continue to love others in the way that God has loved us. We can know that we have our glorious destiny in Christ Jesus, that we will not be the same we're not going to be the same. We're being changed. We, he is changing us and we will be changed. We may not feel as though when we look upon ourselves right now that we are this radiant bride, sinless and spotless. But scripture tells us that he will present us that way. So how will he present us that way? Because he's the one that's doing the work in us and he's the one that brings it into completion. He does it. We simply submit to the process and say, yes, Lord, I submit to the process. So we're going to pray right now, practical application, functional ministry, meaning that it accomplishes something. And we're going to approach, we're going to say, all right, God, here we are. And so I'm just going to do this myself and you're welcome to follow along and we're going to go to the father. So father in heaven, I'm so grateful for the blood of Jesus. I'm so grateful that my presence here in, in your throne room, in your courts, is not, it's not indicative of my righteousness apart from Christ, but my entrance into this place, into your presence, as a child, as a son, as one 
that you love so deeply and dearly is because of the blood of Christ. Jesus, I thank you that you're seated interceding, that you're a great high priest and that you empathize with my weakness and you see it and I know that you're working it out in me. I just say, yes, continue that work. Change me. Jesus, change me. Continue to transform me into your likeness. God, I don't want to be impatient. God, I don't want to be unkind. I don't want to be cutting. I don't want to resort to sarcasm and humor in order to escape offense or situations where I'm uncomfortable or where I'm trying to hide. God, I don't want to be prideful and put myself on a pedestal and think everybody else is wrong and and that I'm right all the time because I know that I'm not, God. And help me to show empathy, Father. Empathy and patience and kindness to those around me in a new way, Father. So I just say yes to more of your sanctifying work in my life. I say yes to more of transformation into your likeness, Jesus. And I just ask that you help me to show love and mercy and grace to those around me who are enduring the same process. God, change the lens through which I view the world, God. Help me on a daily basis as I live in your kingdom to remember that I'm being transformed. I'm being changed, and so are those around me. God, help me when I am become offended. I want to give that. God, I don't want to be offended anymore. I don't want to be hurt. I don't want to run around hurt and hurting other people. I don't want to be, I don't want to run around offended and offend other people. God, would you just bring healing to those areas of my life? And would I begin to look and sound different to those around me, God, because of the work that you're doing in me, not because I'm better or I tried harder, but because that's the work that you're doing and I want what you want for me. So I just say, yes, God, yes. Change me, transform me, do more, Father. Increase, increase, God. So I just thank you. I thank you, Father. Thank you for my glorious destiny in Christ. In your name, amen. We just, we need to know that the Father loves us so much and we don't have to carry guilt and shame and we don't have to worry that we're going to be the same person or stay the same person our entire lives. God has taken us through this process. Thank you guys so much for listening. Help get the word out. Like and share um, our episodes as we as we post them out. And uh, do whatever you can to help get the word out. I want people to just to, to hear messages like this where the Father is just, just doing things in people's hearts and, and, and turning our hearts and our minds back to Him. So, appreciate you guys. I'll catch you next time.